0: The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin. Great to be with you tonight. It is another incredible, incredible day in this great republic we live in, and it's great to be able to spend some time talking to you about it. It's Ed Martin here on The Pro-America Report. we got a lot to cover today, and it's a busy week, actually. In just a couple of days, we'll have some of The Answer San Diego team, including Andrea Kay, will be out in uh, the swamp. Not of the swamp. In the the swamp. She will be there with us. Uh, We'll be broadcasting live from CPAC, and that should be a lot of fun. And uh, again, there's a lot to report over the weekend. It feels like such a long break, three full days away from you all uh, talking about what's going on, following what's happening. Right now, the president, speaking of pro-America report, the president is in India. And you know, America is the most awesome place in the world, it's true, and has the best people and has the best constitution, all these things. But every now and then you see the size of other places. India's got 1.2 billion people. 1.2 1.2 billion. When you think of China. They got like 1.3 or 1.4 billion. But there's a president and Melania and a picture of them at the Taj Mahal and in front of 150,000 people in this cricket stadium. Uh, the president addressed them and was a huge hit. It's just, uh, you know, I, it's hard for me. I, I as, as you all know, I look at politico.com to see sort of what the other side is saying, the angle they're taking. It's the, it's the sort of mouthpiece of the left. They think that they're sophisticated and even-handed, but they're really not but even they and and they and you look at them you say well the president of the united states is being greeted as a man who has given vision to america and to other nations by his articulation of america first and that even uh, prime minister modi is saying of, of india we learned so much from what the president's done by putting his people first and we're great friends and all this if it was anybody else Obama, Clinton that was greeted by people you know lined up 30 deep along 50 miles of road to get from the airport to the to the uh stadium, you'd be coverage wall to wall. And instead you go to political I'm right there right now. You don't find a story about the president in uh India. Until you scroll down for, I don't know, 30 stories, 40 stories about everything else. And finally, there's a story. Trump's America first quest meets its match in India. And it's it's crazy. Again, when you look at this from the standpoint of how America, how we can uh, improve our standing in the world, with trading partners with kind of getting along, you know, not having war all that. It's just an extraordinary thing. Extraordinary images, extraordinary class, you know, you just amazing. And, and uh, somebody was tweeting about Melania's outfits, which I don't, you know, I don't know outfits, but um, the state were very impressed I me. Mean, she always looks incredibly classy and all. So anyway, no, no surprise. Meanwhile, back home, the stock market's down. And of course that's uh, president Trump's fault. Uh, Bernie Sanders is a lunatic and that's because he's like Trump. That's what they're really saying. He's a, he's He's a half a lunatic, so he's like Trump. What? Well, I mean, what? I mean, Trump actually won his election. So anyway, there's a lot to cover. In a few minutes, we'll talk with a retired Brigadier General Robert Spalding, who has written a book that's just blown me away. And I keep coming back to um, to uh, him, finally getting him on the show, because his book is uh, it's just unbelievable. It's um, about China and what's gone on, and in particular, how what they're doing is um, hiding uh, in plain sight, I guess that's a better way to say it. Their plans, and um, it's he—he he breaks it down in this book. I got the book. I used let a lot of you know that I like. Uh, uh, by the way, the book is called Stealth War. Stealth War. He was a stealth bomber pilot. And, uh, it's great. But I like books on tape a lot of times when I'm driving. And so I've been listening to this one. It's just blow you away what the Chinese are up to. So we'll talk to him in a few minutes about that. And, uh, we will, I'll give you an update on, uh, the situation with General Flynn. A little wrinkle, a little wrinkle. A guy who I used to sit in law school class with is now in charge of reviewing General Flynn's case. I'm not kidding. A retired FBI agent, uh, he was, then he was law, uh, in the FBI. Jeff Jensen is now the U.S. Attorney in the Eastern District of Missouri. I went to law school with him at St. Louis U, know, 25 years ago. He's now in charge of a review of uh, General Flynn's case. So I'll fill you in on that. And Mark Schneider, our old friend, the, uh, uh, the submariner who is an expert on nuclear, uh, power has an update for us. But before we get to that, we got to talk with Andrea Kay, the great Andrea Kay, whose show just finished up a few moments ago right here on the answer San Diego, who is, she always rolls over if she can into our show For a few minutes to enlighten us and uh, this week she's um, I guess I don't know what she's going to do because it is uh, Ash Wednesday is Wednesday and she'll go into a period of 40 days of fasting so I don't know how she's going to go out to the club scene in Washington (laughs) DC when she's out here but Andrea welcome to the program how are you tonight I'm great namaste Ed Martin. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I don't know what that means. Do You know what that means? I don't know. What um, I that don't means. know. Do maybe,
2: maybe producer Noah can figure it out. I don't do that yoga because yeah. I'm not that flexible. You know, I can't, I can't do that in <laughs> yoga positions. I did stand up paddleboard yeah. yoga one time that was super cool. So, well then, uh, since we don't know what Namaste means, I'll say happy uh, Happy
1: Lundi Gras. That's what we say in there New Orleans go. on Fat Monday. Is that
3: right? Yeah, it's Fat oh, okay. Monday. Okay, oh, gotcha.
1: I gotcha. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Well, no, we should clarify. Namaste is this phrase that. On these billboards and everything was what the indian uh greeting was namaste uh trump yes now, i guess it meant welcome or you rock or we think you're great or your wife is really good looking or something we like have that. the answer. But anyway it was a, uh, a what is it tell us no. what is it tell no? us, what in is the it? hindu religion it means i bow to the divine in you
2: oh so they were bowing to wow. the divine that was trump today that. in india peeps oh, namaste wow. india thank you <laughs>
1: I think maybe it. I should ask the listeners to address me that way. <laughs> namaste. Yeah, Ed. namaste. Ed. Or, may, or maybe my wife. I yeah. could try oh, that with my wife. Don't if she Wait, if, in case she's listening, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. But uh all right. Well listen, but but I want I want to take something on with you because you rolled okay. me over in your own show. If you've been yeah. on Andrea's show, if you've ever been a guest on Andrea's show, you think you have an opinion, then she asks a question in such a way that you just take her opinion just to avoid it's like being married. You just avoid the fight, just take it. So here's you, you, I think you told me last hour on your program that you completely reject the idea that the coronavirus is a conspiracy. But hold on. Here's what I want to say. Senator Tom Cotton has been saying for a few weeks, he's been saying, hey, wait a second, where did this come from? Now, I actually can lay out a little connect the dots that goes like this. About When we started hearing about coronavirus, maybe five weeks ago, four, six weeks ago, around that time, there was another major issue in China that was a huge deal, It was really off the shore of China in Hong Kong, like what was going to happen there? What were they going to do about this? And by the way, now we don't hear a word about Hong Kong. They could be they could be slaughtering the Hong Kong people and American media. No one's covering it. Now, Mm. all I'm saying is Senator Cotton's assertion was not. I know it was a created biotech bug, but. There's something going on here. And and here's the one I want to ask you, Andrea. Uh Why is it that most of the people dying from this are... Chinese and, and I'm being serious like two of the people that died in Italy now there's a breakout in Italy and there's 200 people sick but the people that are dying two of the people of, of the six or five or that died were Chinese that left China now I know one reason is because it broke out in China but I it does feel like there's something different going on here and and I don't know if it means that the Chinese mixed up a concoction to tank the economy maybe that's what you were saying is it's not that clean but could it be that they were messing around with uh, bio you know bio. Bio, uh, uh weapons or biotech and something got out i mean there's something weird going on isn't there
2: Yeah, in fact, my point was that I don't believe that it was a conspiracy that they did this to tank the American economy. That's the theory going around. But I started immediately questioning because I had seen a report that a couple of doctors out of Canada, scientists out of Canada, back in September had been booted because they had been sending some and their specialty was coronavirus. And they had been sending some samples to where? Wuhan. Then we had some Harvard professor that was given the boot recently. So I actually had had General Spaulding on my show because I actually think that I, I, I was one of the first people that said I ain't buying. It was from an animal market. I Where's the evidence so, that they know? So but but the but to think that it was possibly a bio created situation doesn't necessarily mean that, that that it was done to tank the American economy. That's what I take issue with
1: okay 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 good so we're there so i i so i i I do wonder now about um though uh, and we again we talked about this on your show we're talking with andrea kay her show of course runs from 6 to 7 p.m each night uh on the answer san diego and and we were saying this that um the 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 market is down a big chunk right and everyone's like ah look at that coronavirus it's down and and you and i were speculating well sometimes you know the market which has been hot for years i mean two years is looking for a reason to turn a little bit and some sometimes Sometimes it's having a uh, a um, uh, now I, I we can go back on this one I was going to say we I think we said Sanders is is getting the is leading and the and the, and the market went whoa I actually think if, if Sanders is leading the market may look at it and say Trump's going to be reelected again I mean I that would be the other way to look at that but but it is uh, the market is way down and uh, I mean way down it's down a thousand points a couple of percentage points um, and you know there's some things you wonder uh, I don't know what the whether there's some t- tougher sledding ahead what do you think
2: yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, what's the catchphrase? All the cool kids out of Wall Street say, Mark, the markets don't like uncertainty. And I don't think uh. that, it, and I think that there is un- uh, uncertainty right now in terms of what's going to end up happening with the Democrats. And I think that there's also, um, I, I think that, uh, I don't want to say that Bernie could win, but the the fact that we have a full on Marxist who could potentially get the, the nomination for the Democrats and none of us can predict with with certainty that Trump will win. So I think that right. there is something to be said for. And then you look at some of the stocks that, that dropped today. They were healthcare related. I just don't think that you can say definitively that it was not the a Bernie effect on top of the fact yeah. that Sunday, this dude is out there talking about Cuba ain't wasn't that bad. They got to read some books. Ed. Yeah.
1: Well, I take it this, i I cut, I cut to the heart of this. We're talking with Andrea Kay. Let me finish with this because I'm out of time. You've just always hated people from Vermont. I mean, I remember you saying that, mm-hmm. the Birkenstocks and the yeah. not showering. It's really annoyed you. And then the Ben and Jerry ice cream. You've always had a problem with people from Vermont. So that's what this is, a hangover with Bernie Sanders. So, hey, I got to run, though, Andrew. <laughs> we can take this up. We'll continue this uh, on Thursday and Friday from yes. CPAC. Andrea Kay, and always 6 to 7 p.m. on uh, her program. Thanks, Andrew. We'll, we'll see you real soon. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Be right back.
0: The Answer San Diego, streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is retired General Robert Spaulding, and uh, General Spaulding, during his illustrious service to our nation... Uh, had one of the coolest assignments, in my opinion. I'm not a flyer or even a military man, but he was assigned at Whiteman Air Force Base and flew those incredible B-2 uh, bombers that we used to see every now and then in Missouri. When I, when I was chief of staff general to the governor of Missouri, I, I was this close to getting uh, a, a big tour up there in Whiteman, and then I switched jobs and I was out of town and all, but I certainly admire that. And uh, But more, more important for our work uh, right now in the Pro-America Report, General Spaulding has written a book called Stealth War, which has really taken what he learned over 35, 40 years in military service and then in academia as well as in service at the highest level of our government and uh, the executive branch and intelligence to say, hey, here's what's happening, on, happening now. The book is called Stealth War uh, and what China's up to and how a lot of what they're up to is right in front of our eyes if we would figure out what's happening. It's not exactly hidden. It's just uh, you have to understand what's happening. So welcome, sir, to the program. How are you tonight?
4: Thank you so much. Great to be here, and uh, I really enjoyed flying the b 2 so thanks for mentioning that.
1: Yeah, it was amazing, amazing planes and amazing, amazing, uh, just great and great service over there. It's a great place, Whiteman Air Force Base, so it's such appreciation. But So, General, let me ask you, just everybody's everybody's thinking about coronavirus before we get to a lot of other stuff. Um, and when I was just talking to Andrea Kay, who she's you've been on her program. Do, do the Chinese, is it likely the Chinese communists know, know exactly how coronavirus started, where it started and all? Is there really a chance that there's mystery on this in, in the Chinese communist government? government's uh understanding
4: no i i mean i think there's a lot of data that we don't understand uh, with regard to what happened there i think they there probably is an awareness of exactly what the truth is but of course uh, they're not going to be forthcoming because the regime is really about secrecy and control and uh, quite frankly they don't have any interest in sharing what they know about the the issue It, it could have come from a wild animal it could have come from a lab unfortunately we'll never know because that's the nature of the regime
1: that's uh that's kind of what i thought but is your um do you do you have a sense that there that the chinese communist government the regime is in fact sort of uh being overwhelmed by this that however it started they really don't have it sort of uh under control or is that sort of how the west is trying to spin it and 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 understand it
4: Well, I think from my standpoint, uh, looking at this thing for over the last seven years, the uh, Chinese economic competition, how they've used um, economics to really undermine America's uh, prosperity and really also undermine our democracy. I think at the end of the day, there's three things that are going on right now that really are overwhelming the Chinese Communist Party leadership. And one is the Trump administration. The second is the Hong Kong protests. And the third is the coronavirus. So the Trump administration put in place a number of strategies and policies that really sought to uh, rebalance the playing field with regard to how China was treating the global um, trading and the global uh, financial system. And I think uh, that was inevitably going to cause a challenge for the Chinese Communist Party. What's happened is that because of the Hong Kong protests and then subsequently the coronavirus, all of these things have come together rapidly in a um, in a way that the Chinese Communist Party, quite frankly, I don't think was prepared for. So, um, you know, from my standpoint, I think we have a real opportunity here to drive um, American prosperity and American democracy into the future by focusing on Investing in our people, investing in our country, in infrastructure and in manufacturing, in science and technology in a way that we haven't done, quite frankly, since the end of the Cold War.
1: And we're talking again with uh, Robert Spaulding, who is a retired general in the military, but he's currently a senior fellow at the Hudson Institute. I'll put up on social media, Hudson.org. You can go there and see some of his writings and what he uh, works on. Also, he's got his own uh, website, which is armchaireconomist.io. If you go there, you'll see even more in his bio and all. Um, is Can I ask you this question, uh, General, that, that I, I've i wondered? After we, after we sort of settled out of the Cold War, it took this long, into the 90s, we realized how the communists, the Soviet communists, had infiltrated America. They had, in fact, gone into the State Department. They had, in fact, gone into uh, defense industries and all. And and that was the Soviet communists. It wasn't the Russian people. It wasn't even the Russian government. It was the Soviet communists had a vision of how they had to dominate. We have the Chinese communist regime. And in your book, Stealth War, you talk about this. But isn't it just almost impossibly... has to be true that the Chinese communist regime is... Infiltrating America. I mean, you write about this, but in to, and so I know it's true, but to an extent that we can't even imagine, we've invited in the Chinese communists to our world and our lives at a level that's probably eclipsed the Soviet, uh, 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 you know, kind of infiltration times a, a million. I don't know. Am I wrong on that? Am I misreading it? Or is there something I'm not getting?
4: So if you Google right now, what's the population of Russia, it's 144 million. If you look at their economy, it's less than the size of Texas. If you compare that to China, the population alone is 10 times that, and the economy is 13 times that of Russia. So 10 times the population, 13 times the economy. That equals the ability to get into our corporate uh, face it to get in wall street to get into academia to get into politics to get in the media to get in the internet and essentially that's what the chinese communist party does they insinuate themselves everywhere because they have the population 10 times the russians they have an economy 13 times the russians it allows them to buy their way in and to use their population as an ability to get in and to take advantage of all of our democratic institutions so They're in our laboratories, they're in our corporations, they're in Wall Street, they're in academia, and they're in media. And Chinese language language media across the world is dominated by the Chinese Communist Party. All these things are the ways that they drive their strategy to perfection, to undermine democracies everywhere.
1: Uh, we 're talking with Robert Spalding again, his book is Stealth war. I got one more question and then I, I and then ask you to point us in the right direction. one more question is the the American State Department designated five Chinese media outlets as foreign missions, so they said you know th- these are clearly Chinese media outlets in america they 're actually you know organs you know of 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 the of China and the communist party okay so that 's kind of good um you know but i i, I you read your book in Stealth War and you realize that there's plenty of, as you say, they bought into Hollywood, they bought into corporations, they bought into a lot of other ways, and and so it, it, you know it's it's the sort of tip of the iceberg when you see five Chinese media outlets. Well, that was obvious that you're not even paying attention to the rest of it. What can we do? Like, what can the average American do now? I mean, besides demanding that we kind of keep the direction that Trump did, is that is that the best we can do? Is there more we can be doing? What do you what do you, when somebody comes up and he says, yeah, but what do I do, General? What, how do you give him an elevator speech and and push them? in the right direction.
4: So, you know, if you look, if you think about what's going on with regard to the U.S. and China, uh, and you think of it in terms of a 100, 100-yard 100 dash, uh, we're about 10 yards into this race. And so the federal government has just been told to, after almost three decades of not enforcing our rules, not enforcing our laws against Chinese companies and Chinese nationals who are operating in this country, they are finally, they've had the shackles taken off. <laughs> And so the federal government's finally waking up and st- finally starting to enforce the rules. What we haven't had done is where we haven't invested our, our capital in, in, into America. So our retirement funds are now investing our capital into China. And so that's the next step that's going to come to investment, this rebuilding of America, manufacturing, infrastructure, and science and technology. And the last thing is really to, to build back our society, our economy, our prosperity, our democracy, and when that happens things are going to begin to change in a rapid fashion. So we're like I said, we're we're 10 yards into this 100-yard dash and every day we're making progress. And so we just need to keep our eyes on the prize and keep fighting for democracy, fighting for freedom and fighting for the prosperity of the American people.
1: Very good. Hey, thanks for the book, The Stealth War. I mean, uh, thanks for your service, uh, General uh, Spaulding, Robert Spaulding. But the book is really valuable right now, and I've been telling people uh, over and over. I was on the Breitbart radio, and, uh, and Rebecca Mansour mentioned it, and I, I got the book, and, uh, and I've been telling everyone it's really a valuable resource right now. So thank you for doing that, and I look forward to having you on again. And uh, God bless you in your new work. Uh, Robert Spaulding, retired general and over at the Hudson Institute. I'll put up all that on social media. We better take a quick break and run. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back
0: answer san diego streaming now on tunein.com and radio.com the pro america report with ed martin on the answer san diego
1: welcome back ed martin here at pro america report and it's time to get an update from our old friend mark schneider he's been very 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 busy saving the world literally from uh, whatever its problems are, either a shortage of enough uh, fuel or global warming, whichever decide you come down on, uh, Mark's got something for you. He is the guy who uh, pioneered, in contrast to AOC, he pioneered the idea of the Green Nuclear Deal, hashtag Green Nuclear Deal on Twitter. You can follow him at Sub Schneider. He's also uh, the founder and president, I think that's the title maybe, I think he's president of uh, the uh, Gen 4 Nuclear Oh, make me sound, make it sound right, um, uh, Mark. The website I know, but it's also consulting services. Anyway, we'll get him on. Mark Schneider, welcome back, Mark. How are you? Hey, uh, thanks for having me, Ed. Uh, great to be back. Well, and now I see on your website, you, refer, you were referred to, I think self-referred to as a nuclear futurist, which sounds really cool. And maybe like uh, we can go into like a Zen thing. I thought you were just a uh, genius guy who knew how everything worked, but now you're a futurist. But it's not... Well, this is the key thing. It, we're talking about nuclear power, which is safer now, which doesn't have the chance to melt down. It reuses spent fuel, all that stuff, which we've covered. But it's not so much a futurist anymore, because a lot of the stuff you've been talking about it's starting to happen now so it's not so far in the future so tell us what you're seeing some of the some of the things that are breaking through and even the presence in india i think india's got a role in this so walk us through where we are with some of the developments mark
3: yeah so the big thing that uh, that's come out of the news is that uh westinghouse us reactor company is uh, signing a memorandum of understanding it's basically a, a pre-contract if you will to build 6 ap1000 these are the exact type of reactors that we're building uh, down in Georgia, so we know how to build these things. And what it does, it'll give our our uh, our construction experts the ability to continue to gain that experience because we need to build a bunch of these here in the U.S. to replace our aging fleet. So that's one of the big things that's coming out. Um, the other is there's this company called Oklo. That's O K L O. It's named after a natural reactor that existed a billion years ago, and they've signed a memorandum of understand or memorandum of agreement uh with idaho national laboratory uh a to build there and then b the other thing that they're going to be able to do is they're going to they're going to use uh spent fuel from one of the early test reactors to power their little 1.5 megawatt uh small modular reactor uh which is great because that size is perfect for all sorts of small applications you have power about a thousand homes be great for a large hospital university and uh you know, one of the craziest things is the cannabis industry has been coming at me for a reactor about that size. They're going, hey, Mark, you know, how do I get a reactor that's, you know, under five megawatts? Because we don't need, you know, a big, giant, massive, you know, thousand megawatt plant. We need something small. So there's lots of great stuff coming out there.
1: Mark, is this, um, uh, have you, I and mean, this is, I'm, I've been teasing you a little bit at the beginning, but you started talking about this in the last couple of years. Is this, are you seeing an acceleration of, sort of confidence and 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 I mean well let me say it differently i'm seeing an acceleration of confidence in people thinking about and being creative about and being confident you know just generally about nuclear power who, who do you credit that with? Is it the natural progression plus the Trump administration plus some of the voices like you and, and Schellenberger? I mean, what is it? Because it seems like it's moving even more. I mean, it's moving more than you thought it would have two years ago when you started, right? I mean, this is really pretty extraordinary.
3: Yeah. Well, so um, a year ago, and I actually only started this a year ago. Um, a year ago when I started this, you know, nuclear power was the elephant in the room that no one wanted to talk about. And now if you're a climate alarmist, if you're not talking nuclear, you're getting ostracized. So it's a combination of the work I've been doing, the work that Schellenberger's been doing, all the great work the Trump administration has been doing. Um, Rick Perry, you know, the former Secretary of Energy, his, uh, his release has been doing great work as well. Uh, Rita uh, Barnall, uh, she's the, the, uh, secretary, the undersecretary of, for the Office of Nuclear Energy. She's been doing great work. And then the Gen 4 companies themselves have just been blitzing the media. Uh, Rolls-Royce out in uh, the United Kingdom did this giant blitz a couple of weeks ago where literally every news publication was talking about their new small modular reactor. So you're seeing these, you know, just this overall push for nuclear that's going on. And then you even have Fareed Zakaria uh, on CNN calling out Bernie Sanders, as you know, with his magical thinking of, you know, solar and wind are going to power their world. He's like, no, you need nuclear in that. So you've got CNN promoting nuclear. The whole world has just gone on fire for nuclear, and it's just amazing.
1: Well, it is amazing. And so the question I have for you is um, not to be, I mean, I'm, just, I'm I'm just Irish enough to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's likely a freight train. So what gets in our way? Like, what is your when you worry about this? What gets in our way? Is it is it a, a change in administration that suddenly tacks the other way? Feels like it's one of those things where even if there was a change in administration, I don't think it will be. But I think, as you point out, there's enough sensible people on the left that think they want to solve climate change and know they can utilize uh, nuclear. So what is, is it? A, is it some kind of unforeseen um, problem with it that makes people nervous? What, you, what, what makes you worry uh, about? something stopping the momentum
3: Um, honestly the biggest thing that makes me worry uh, would be Bernie Sanders but I'm frankly not worried about that uh, because I see the left is just literally whipping him apart Uh, because they see this they see that if if Bernie Sanders is their guy that uh, the Republicans are going to come out with a climate change argument (laughs) that is just going to absolutely obliterate uh, the left's climate change argument because Bernie is pure anti-nuclear He's going to go anti-nuclear, and he's going to go anti-natural gas, which are the two things that are keeping U.S. emissions down. So if you want to reduce U.S. emissions, the Bernie Sanders plan is not that way, and the left knows it, and they're going to attack on their own. They're going to eat their own young on this one.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, although I just, um, you know, you uh, you wonder, uh, you kind of wonder about it. All right, what, so what's what should we be looking for next? And let me say it differently. Is Westinghouse building with India what we should be building here, and will we start here faster? Can we expect Americans to move faster? Um, so we can. Uh, we have a couple
3: places in the U.S. that are licensed to build that AP-1000 reactor. I would love to hear Florida Power and Light come out tomorrow and say, we're going to build Turkey Point Unit 6 and 7. They're licensed to build them. Let's go ahead and do it. Um, so we can. It's just that I think that you know, everyone's kind of on edge. They're waiting for this project in, in Georgia, the Vogel project. They're waiting for the first one. No one wants to be first you know, after you know, until Vogel goes, goes online. But the great news about Vogel is that, yeah, they're behind. They're, they're, they're beyond schedule. But they're looking to accelerate this delayed schedule. So we could see those units uh, going online shortly, uh, shortly meaning at the beginning of next year.
1: Hmm. Wow. Well, it's good stuff, and hey, thanks for staying, keeping after it, Mark, and uh, being out there with such a voice. We appreciate it, uh, and keep us in the loop anytime you got something that will help us understand what's going on. Jump on the airwaves with us and explain it, because I think um, you know more and more uh, people are getting not only comfortable with the possibilities, but also you know getting interested in the in the uh, transformation that could, that that some you know nuclear could be. So appreciate it very much, Mark Schneider at, Sub-Schneider, at Sub Schneider at S U B Sub Schneider because he was a submarine. At Sub Schneider, and his uh, website is uh, www.gen4GEN, the Roman numerals, which is I and V, gen4nuclear.com. And I'll put it all up on social media. Thanks, Mark. Uh, We'll talk again soon, and uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Be right back.
0: FM 96.1 and AM 1170. The Answer. Ed Martin and the Pro America Report. On The Answer, San Diego.
1: Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I turned it upside down tonight, so you've got to bear with me. I had Andrea Kay on at the beginning of the program. So right now it's time for the wink. We're going to wrap up the show. And this is an important one. So I hope if you're listening out there, you'll pay attention. I hope you'll take some steps to uh, get involved in this. And if you're just listening to this on the podcast or, or uh, afterwards, uh, this is an important one. So I'm going to walk you through what's happening right now and what you need to know and what you need to do. Okay, so you may recall that the Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr, has assigned a, an attorney to work on the um, General Flynn case to review things. And that attorney is a guy named Jeff Jensen. And Jeff Jensen's the U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Missouri, where I come from, and say that's St. Louis and uh, the eastern part of Missouri, the whole, the whole state. There's only two districts, the Western District, Kansas City, into the middle, and then the Eastern District. And so there's here's the thing on Jeff Jensen is I know him. I was in class with him in law school. When I got to law school in St. Louis, I'd never been to St. Louis in my life, and then I stayed for 25 years of my life, but I got to law school, didn't know anybody, and I was new to law school. I was a couple years out. I had gone overseas and done some things and uh, done some research and worked for a while, and when I went to law school, there's all these kids that were 22 and right out of uh, college, and so I gravitated towards people who were a little bit older, and St. Louis U's law school had a lot of students in law school who were working And therefore, they were going part time or they were older. And there was a guy in one of my classes named Jeff Jensen. He was an FBI agent and he looked like an FBI agent, you know, tall and kind of looked athletic. And he was an accountant. I remember that. And that since I heard the characterizations, he said he got out of college. He was older. He's older than me by, I don't know, eight, 10 years. Um. And so he's a little bit older than everybody. And he'd been an accountant, but he's an FBI agent. And we're in class together. And when an FBI agent's in class, I mean, I'm kind of like, let's listen to that guy if we're going to talk about criminal procedure or if somebody's going to talk about uh, the Constitution or something. You just think, yeah, the guy's an FBI agent. Let's listen differently when he talks up. Really nice guy. Super guy. And he went through law school, going working the whole time. I think he was on the SWAT team at the time for the FBI. But he was an impressive guy, but a nice guy. I knew him pretty well. And we stayed in touch over the years. He became an assistant U.S. attorney for almost a decade, I think. Everybody respected him. Really good lawyer. And then he went out on private practice for a while. And now he's the U.S. attorney. He's a straight shooter. I mean, he's a straight shooter. He's an honest, decent guy. I I don't recall now how many kids he has, but he was not a... You know, he was um he was the best you'd expect of those kinds of people that are FBI agents. He wasn't a boozer. He wasn't chasing skirts, all this kind of thing. You see a lot of in law and law school. Unfortunately, he was just a great guy. And so now he's been charged by Attorney General Barr to look into the General Flynn case. Almost the perfect guy to do it, in my opinion. Because he would have been a line agent, you know, working in the FBI. He has had some cases in private practice representing uh, clients who were they worried, they alleged, and worried about the FBI misconduct. So he's a perfect guy, I think, to do this job. But here's what I need to tell you: what you need to know. There's a list of questions that need to be asked about this Flynn investigation. And there's like, why did they? Who leaked? The fact that criminal leak of the fact that the national security advisor, General Flynn, was talking to the Russian ambassador that leaked. That was a leak. Nobody's ever gotten to the bottom of it. And they could if they want to. Trust me, the people who are listening in in the White House, they could if they want to. Who unmasked? Why were they unmasking all these different people? Which is a term for people in the White House using the authority of the presidency to say these people's identities shall no longer be protected. That was happening all over the place. Susan Rice and others were doing that. But I just want you to hone in on a question that nobody's answered yet. And Jeff Jensen has to demand the answer. When you are interviewed by the FBI... There is created, by all the rules, a a document called the 302. You probably heard this. The 302 is a memo that describes what the agent saw when you're interviewed. I was interviewed once by the FBI in an investigation. I won't tell you about it now. But there would be a 302 that exists of that conversation. There were two FBI agents in the room with me. And that's just the rules. When you interview someone, there's a 302 created. And here's what happened in the Flynn case. The 302 is missing. Now, it's not missing in the sense that anybody has said that the paper it was on was thrown away. That's not possible. It would all be electronically maintained. And so what they've said, and the lawyer in this is a guy named Van Gack or something, a prosecutor, he said it's not in his possession, but they have yet to turn it over to General Flynn. Now, and here's the thing, that's the most important piece of paper Because it starts what happens. If, for example, the 302 said something like, and there's speculation it says something like this, General Flynn seemed to be telling the truth and everything he was saying, his demeanor and all, we had no reason to think he was lying. That would mean that all the rest of the junk where they tried to say to him, hey, you lied to us, was misleading. And he should have been able to see the 302. Even if the 302 said, man, the guy is like nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. He must be lying. That should be able to be seen. And what Jeff Jensen needs to do and what we the people need to demand in the Flynn case, after all the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, after the newest Russia hoax three or four days ago, when the intelligence uh, officials briefed the House, the U.S. House Intelligence Committee, and somehow it leaked that it was the Russians were helping Trump or Sanders or whatever, but leaking We should have no confidence except to see the documents that are at the heart of this. And Jeff Jensen, who's a good guy, I think he's a good guy, I believe he's a good guy, but we should demand and we should know what it means when we say we want to get back to the 302. We want to see the source document that started this whole effort to destroy Flynn, to get Flynn to plead to something, to, to, to get his lawyers to tell him this is the best you can do, that he deserves that. And this judge, after all this misconduct and all this stuff in the FISA courts and all these places, all the FBI admitting that they were misleading, we deserve to know what's in the in the 302. We deserve a lot of other things, by the way, and I hope Jensen goes for all of it. But Jeff Jensen needs we need to know what he's looking at and we need to support the fact that he's going to have to do that. He's probably going to get grief from some of these people that don't want it to come out. But it's the only way we can have confidence. It's a, it's a kind of just like when I saw Jeff Jensen in my law school class, I thought, man, that looks like an FBI agent. He sounds like an FBI agent. He acts like a man of character. That's what I want to believe. And I did. And I do to, in order to restore our trust in. We, the people, our trust in this government, we have to have the, the the source documents. We have to get back to the basics. And what you need to know and what I need to know is that we can have it. And what we need to do is demand it, expect it, talk about it, understand it. So we got, this is the beginning of this conversation, but it's what's happening right now. And it's more than just the Flynn case. It may, that means a lot to me because I like General Flynn a lot. He's a friend of mine. I admire him. But it has a lot to do with the, 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 the chance of us beginning to get the confidence we, 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 we need, get the confidence back that we need in our law enforcement, <clears throat> in the men and women that are willing to be on the front lines for us. Because we all believe that. The Americans, we, we believe that in America. But what we got to do some things. We got to get some things done to make it right. And that's one of them. Give us the 302. Give us a three hundred two. Get to the basics. Let's see what really happened. That's what we need to. That's what we need. That's what I, we need to know. It. It's what you need to know. It's what we need to do together. All right. Thank you for listening. Great show tonight. And don't forget, you go to the Answer San Diego. Get the show as a podcast. Also get a podcast anywhere, iTunes, Google Play. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our technical director, and to all the team for helping book these great guests. Uh, pass it on. Pass it on. Tell other people. you got to get Pro-America. you got to get the report figured out not only what you need to know, what you need to do. So we'll be back tomorrow night, and then a couple days later, we'll be at CPAC together, Andrew, Kay, and I. you want to tune in for that. We'll have some great guests. We're lining them up right now. Have a great night, everybody. Be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Talk to you then.